helping families be happy. Well, welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family, love, and relationships. I'm your host for this podcast, Christopher Robbins, the co-founder of Familius Publishing, husband, father of nine, author, fly fisherman, backpacker, and aspirational musician based in the Central Valley of California. We hope to bring you nourishing real-life information about love, family, relationships, and life. Now, I'm happy to introduce today's guest. Bill Ratner is a Poets and Writers Readings and Workshops grant recipient. He is the author of Parenting for the Digital Age, The Truth About Media's Effect on Children and What to Do About It, published by Familius. His poems, essays, and stories are published in the Chiron Review, the Baltimore Review, Rattle Magazine's Rattlecast, Pleiades, KYSO Flash, South Florida, Poetry Journal, Missouri Review Audio, and other journals. His poetry chapbook is forthcoming from Finishing Line Press in 2021. His readings are featured on National Public Radio, and he is a nine-time winner of the Moth Storytelling Slams. Bill is the voice of Flint in the G.I. Joe TV cartoon and Donnell Udina in Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. Welcome, Bill. Thanks, Christopher. Just delighted to be here. I find it most uh, interesting that during this pandemic, you've turned to poetry. Tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> well, I, I've, I've uh, been a prose writer for many years and published some short stories and, and uh, essays and so on. And uh, then came the book with Familius uh, when I was in Provo, Utah in 2012 and, and met the lovely Michelle Robbins your partner, um, and we were in a workshop together. I was teaching a workshop and telling a story in a festival there, and um, she said, have you ever thought of writing a writing a, a book about your volunteer work in schools, media awareness for kids? And I said, no, why do you ask? She said, well, my husband Christopher and I just started a publishing company. This is eight years ago. And I was, these are the words that I'd been waiting for decades to hear as a wannabe writer. And uh, so we went, we went back and forth, and I finally got the courage up and sent you guys a chapter and an outline, and, and history was made. Um, I've, I've been taking a course, uh, I live in Los Angeles, I've been taking a course from a, from a wonderful poet uh, and a teacher in the schools named Jack Grapes, uh, just uh, purely to spruce up my prose. Occasionally, I'm sure a lot of prose writers go through this, if they're essayists or short story writers or novelists, they look at their prose and they go, this sounds like a letter to my Aunt Eunice when I was 13. And, um, but I got hooked. Uh, you know, I, I used to read a little Walt Whitman and, you know, everybody had to read poetry in high school and so on. I was never a poetry uh, fancier. But somehow I got the bug and, the, you know, reading a poem these days, especially during the pandemic when got time to read and I'll, I'll sneak upstairs and read aloud to myself. I mean, that, that's what I do for a living. I'm a professional announcer. And so I sit there and amuse myself and slow down and reading a poem, depending on who it's written by, uh, can be like watching a wonderful little movie of the week uh, in, in your mind. So that's, that's my answer to your question as to how this all began. Well, that's great. Well, we appreciate you joining Familius. 
eight years ago and for your book. And that's really the, the point of this podcast is technology um, has so many benefits, uh, advantages, and perhaps some disadvantages. And um, so we're going to focus at, in this podcast on technology and children and families. So, um, you know, I've been reading of, of how valuable technology has been during this pandemic, where we can't gather in person um, in schools and other, and other uh, organizations, but we, we can gather because of, of technology. So technology isn't in, is, in, is not inherently bad or evil, right? Right. right. Technology has, has gotten us uh, to where we are today in, in good ways. Um, it's it's uh, dependent upon how it's used with Zoom, with, with, with Google, uh, chat, all kinds of things allows families and friends to, to get together these days when, when uh, social distancing is, is being practiced, allows kids, as you mentioned, to be uh, educated and uh, connect with each other. Problem comes when parents allow technology to be used as a babysitter. Now, these days, I think we need to loosen the rules uh, a, a little bit. But in the past, when there was no real reason that the parents couldn't just hang out and play catch or read a book with your kid or, or uh, you know, at worst, uh, watch some silly videos on, uh, you know, together with your child. There was no real reason why that couldn't happen as opposed to, here, honey, take the iPhone or the iPad, go in the other room and be quiet and let mommy and daddy do our thing. And that has led to uh, addiction problems we've all read about. Uh, there are countries that have rehab centers for gamers and are treating a gaming addiction like uh, we treat alcoholism and drug addiction in this country. Now, these are extreme uh, examples of, of the dark side of modern technology, but I'm sure many, most of us fall somewhere in between the great blessing and the curse. Right. Okay. That's, that's very helpful. So, we, we all agree that technology is a tremendous blessing and, and perhaps there's no greater time to be alive in terms of the opportunities we have to communicate globally with uh, our friends and family and to be educated throughout the world. I mean, technology has really democratized education in many ways and democratized communication. But let's, let's, let's let the, the pendulum swing and, and let's, let's look at some of the challenges and what to do about it. I'm a father. I have nine children. Um, my children, some have, have some of them have grown up with the introduction of the internet and screens. Some of them are native. They 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 they've never known a moment without it. Um, as a parent, uh, what should I be aware of? What should I be looking for? The big question between parents and the kids should be: What should the rules be in our house about technology? I know you guys love your games and you're, you're going to school online and you're talking to your friends on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, etc., Snapchat, on and TikTok, on and on. But we need some rules. When you get a headache and you get bored and you get antsy, uh, these are some of the side effects of overuse of technology. And then comes the planning. How about we limit uh, access other than schoolwork to s certain hours of the day and night. And how about we, and then mom pipes up and says, how about we do reading 
of stories. Dad's a good reader. He's going to read us stories to the young kids and the older kids are going to read stories to their brothers and sisters at such and such an hour without the aid of technology, except for an electric light bulb, perhaps. <clears throat> That's the sort of organizing principle of the sensible use of, uh, of social media and electronic uh, equipment in a household is planning and bringing the kids in on uh, the decision making because they know as much if not more about their parents, the side effects of too much gaming, uh, sleep deprivation, depression, anxiety, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And they can contribute as opposed to mom and dad just sort of handing down the rules like autocrats. We, we like that. And uh, familiar in our home, we call that the family council. Yeah. And the opportunity is to, to put an issue on the table and let the family discuss it, making sure that everyone has an opportunity to, to explore that and share their opinion and come to a decision together what they think, what everyone feels is best for the family, knowing that the parents will have the final say, but allowing the children to participate, feeling valued, having their opinions valued, having them be heard is really essential in developing that family relationship. So thanks for suggesting that. A great idea. Um, you know, another thing I've learned in watching our own children is that um, games uh, games are fun because um, games um, have have rules. They have parameters. Uh, there's a way to win. Um, they require um, participation, voluntary participation. There are these there are these specific elements of games that make them enjoyable. And what you're suggesting is just like a game has rules. Uh, a family has rules too. It has parameters in which kids can now play or kids can now study or kids can now engage. That, that seems to, to be a framework in which everyone can understand. I think every family, uh, since time immemorial uh, in an organized society, has had uh, something that resembles a predictable family schedule. There's church on Sunday, there's school on Monday morning, et cetera, et cetera. There's dinner at six, there's breakfast at seven. And this really isn't any different from that. This is uh, the kind of uh, scheduling that a family has always done. It's just that the tools are different. Uh, instead of a hoe or a rake, it's an iPad. Uh, adults and children are comforted by predictability in terms of schedule. It's lovely to know that uh, grandma and grandpa come every Sunday at three in the afternoon. Um, uh, it's time to get dressed, kids, it's two o'clock. And um, so when and if a family can set a schedule with suggestions from the kids, so they feel like the, kid, the kids can feel like they own part of the schedule, it's a comforting thing uh, to know what's coming. And to know that between 9 o'clock and 10.30 p.m. for the older kids, uh, they're going to be reading to their little brothers and sisters. It can be uh, uh, something that's very empowering for kids, that they have a variety. And when you talk about games, the researchers into this issue as to how does electronic media and equipment such as the iPad, the computer, et cetera. How is it affecting the modern family? Researchers are finding that one of their great concerns is what they call the tools of human communication. 
uh, the ability of a child to look you in the eye. You're always impressed when, it, when a little kid looks you right in the eye and talks at you, um, as opposed to a kid who looks down at his feet or fidgets or grabs his iPhone in the middle of a conversation and checks his Twitter. The, the fear of, of many researchers who were very pro-technology in the beginning, a lot of researchers have gone back on their words um, uh, and said, we, we are more concerned than we were in the beginning with the effects that it's having on the family. And the difference between the old-fashioned games, board games that, that uh, families played and friends played of all ages, is in, in the old-fashioned games, even card games, uh, there's human interchange. What those uh, researchers, human behavior researchers, call tools, looking someone in the eye, being able to laugh uh, in a relaxed manner, being able to respond, verbally uh, to, to uh, someone's question or someone's comment or someone's opinion, uh, being able to be sociable, um, being able to be diplomatic in, 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 in the moment with, uh, with a couple of new friends at the, at the board table and a, and a couple of old friends and, and a relative sitting there. Whereas electronic games, computer games, um, are quite limited as to the need for human interchange. Now, the ones that do require human interchange are ones that I would choose uh, for my family. I have grown-up kids, so I no longer have that concern and don't have grandkids yet. But um, that's a big issue. Uh, there, are, there have been studies on, on the Barbie doll a lot of opinions, both good and bad, about the Barbie doll and its effect on girls' self-image and so on. The most recent surveys say that about 50% of grown women who played with Barbie as a kid um, have a negative view of Barbie and its effect on self-image. The other 50%, every other uh, woman who played with Barbie as a little girl, sa says in, in research, uh, Barbie was fun. We, 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 I, I felt power over Barbie. I dyed her hair purple and, and made her dress in masking tape. Uh, these, this is actual research that's been done by Mattel and by others. Um, and one of the things that's said about Barbie dolls and also about G.I. Joe action figures and every other kind of human figure or doll or, uh, that, that, that children play with is that when kids are playing either solo or with each other, and there's an action figure or a doll involved, they're making up dialogue, they're making up scenarios, they're making up stories. Whereas now, for Barbie, it's a little girl sitting by herself or perhaps with a friend on a screen moving pixels, putting the blue vest where the yellow vest was, which is a much more passive, less active, less social activity. And this is where the technology and the marketers, the merchandisers, whose major concern is for their uh, shareholders and, and uh, the profit of the corporation, understandable. Uh, but that puts the parent in a, in a difficult position in terms of what do they buy for their kids? What's it going to do for my kid rather than just sort of relieve me from babysitting duties? That's, that's industry. Now, so we're, we're hearing that there's, there's a lot of potential challenges with technology in particular the uh, the development of these important social skills, these tools that you reference, to be able to successfully navigate our world. 
Um, and, and clearly right now, there are tools being developed to successfully navigate a virtual world as well. Uh, it, and so we can't forget that these teachers now that are in the schools are learning how to navigate a class of 20 to 30 students through Zoom and what a challenge that would be. But let's, let's, let's share just some physical uh, tips um, that can help a family besides uh, we love reading a story to the kids. I do that with my children at night playing board games. I did that. We played sorry last night and I lost, um, you know, having, having family dinner together. We believe that the family that eats together stays together. Um, you know, those are all wonderful interactive uh, activities that, that families can do together. But what other things should parents be aware of and be watching for and what can they do to help manage uh, technology and its overuse? I think scheduling in uh, a downtime from technology where the cell phones go on the charger in the kitchen and they're not used, where the iPad goes on the charger in the kitchen and they're not used. I think it's time for a walk. I, 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 some of my favorite memories of my father are, kid, come on, let's, I'm going to the cigar store. That was, <laughs> that was his thing. He would go to the dr drug store, buy a Zane Grey novel and a cigar. That was my father's thing. Uh, he would always say, let's go, let's go. Oh, Dad, I'm watching TV, come on, come on, come on. And he'd turn the TV set off. And we would have a lovely, lovely time. There's some of my favorite memories and, and times in which I, I probably grew as a human being, you know, chatting with my dad. That's all we did. Commenting on the houses we passed, gossiping about the neighbors we passed, not teaching me per se, but where I really learned how to be a grown-up, where I really learned how to have a conversation, learned how to laugh, learned how to tell a joke. Um, uh, and 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 uh, if that's not scheduled in, if it's just an idea, well, gee, that's a great idea, but we never do it. It's never going to happen. I think parents need to schedule in downtime. Parents are going to get blowback from their kids. Absolutely, that's the difficulty because families are being being buffeted by so many forces today. When when do I wash my hands? Where's my mask? Blah blah blah. Families are being buffeted by so many forces and so many schedules and conflicts that it is hard to adjust and to and to program in downtime. But if 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 it's just taking a walk with mom and dad, if it's taking a hike, if it's a nature walk, if it's you know the parents have to do a little bit of creativity. Is there a plant book on the shelf that's never really really been looked at? What's is it a clear night? Uh, do we really know the stars in the sky? Can we take a walk in winter, you know, after 6 p.m. and and do a star walk? That's great. Some great ideas there. There's always something to do. Uh, I have a big uh, uh, framed poster in my home, an arts and crafts craftsman style that says, boredom is a matter of choice, not circumstance. And my children have learned this, that if they it's, you're almost not allowed to say I'm bored in the house. That, that's your own choice if you're going to be bored. There's always something for us to do that can be productive. Okay, one last question um, in, as our time's wrapping up. So where can parents turn for resources to help them make good decisions relative to technology with their family or if they happen to have a child who's really struggling with perhaps an addiction problem? Christopher, I'm... Glad you asked. I happen to have in my hand the book published by Familius Publishing, Parenting for the Digital Age, The Truth Behind Media's Effect on Children and What to Do About It. Happens to have my name on it. Um, 
parents can go online and just simply Google problems with technology and children, problems with the iPad and children, any kind of search that you can think of doing. The resources like your, your local PTA, uh, church groups have, have uh, parenting groups. Um, it's, they're easy to find. Uh, the only problem is we're not used to searching for help like that. Uh, we're looking, we're, we're used to searching for a trainer. Uh, some people are used to searching for psychotherapists. Uh, some people are used to searching for uh, reflexology. Uh, we're not used to searching for help with parenting. But uh, go on your iPad, go on your computer, and, and Google parenting tips for modern technology and children. And uh, this fascinating stuff to download and print and read as you go to sleep. Uh, I'd start with a PTA, with a Parent Teachers Association. Um, I'd start with my local church and, uh, or the national organization. Uh, that often has uh, parenting tips and advice regarding uh, technology and, and gaming and, and things like that. Um, and this is not just for the average family. This can be with a family with a, with a child who may have Asperger's and is, and is absolutely addicted to, uh, to games and has uh, near-violent reactions to when a mom or dad take the iPad away. Um, there is help. And... Um, easy to look for. Wonderful. There are so many, we know that there are so many resources out there. Um, a simple Google search or simple online search will lead you. So as any parent who, and, and these challenges that we have with technology, both the opportunities that help us and the challenges that exist, um, they're, they're universal. So you're not alone. Uh, it's, it, it, there, someone else is going through the same thing and there's someone who has come up with ways and techniques to help you and your family uh, successfully manage technology in the home in a positive way. So, Bill, thanks so much for taking time to join with us today. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. Uh, where can our guests find you online? You can find me at Bill Ratner, R-A-T-N-E-R, BillRatner.com, or at Bill Ratner on Instagram and Twitter, or at your Amazon or Barnes & Noble, uh, Parenting for the Digital Age. I mean, you guys uh, did me a huge favor uh, allowing me to write this book for you. It's been a six-year adventure published in 2014 that still goes on. I spoke with a church group the other day um, and has allowed me to uh, really, really uh, walk the walk and not just talk the talk. And, um, uh, you know, I look at your your catalog and went to your social media uh talk the other day online and and you guys are really doing a service to the world and it's a pleasure to be involved well thank you thank you very much much appreciated but as we conclude today's podcast i'd like to thank the most publishing for the support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart we'd be thrilled if you subscribe to the podcast and left us a review on itunes and social media and when you're ready for that next amazing book adventure we'd be honored if you choose a book from the most publishing one step at a time, we can make the world a happier place. We talk together, learn together, play, work, eat together. We laugh together, heal together, and we love forever when we read together.
together.